Happy Wednesday, film nuts all over the movie planet. I'm Joe Sarah, and you are listening to the Movie Planet Review Show. Today's movie being reviewed is 1980s Caddyshack. Now, this is, again, another reissue of a movie, uh, a podcast that we did a while back. Uh, Joel had gotten his feet with everything. We had just done Newsies and Labyrinth. We were going to go into a comedy. This is one of Joel's favorites, so we decided to do this one justice. Again, sound problems galore on this, but just bear with it. It is quite entertaining. So again, welcome to the Movie Planet. With Joe. (laughs) Oh, somebody's stepping a duck. (laughs) JC. You're playing golf and you're going to like it. What about my asthma? I'll give you asthma. And Joel. I want you to kill every gopher on the course. Tell me if I'm wrong, Sandy, but if I kill all the golfers, they're going to lock me up and throw away the key. Golfers! They're Greek, not golfers! The little brown furry rodents! Welcome to the Movie Playground, your source of information for popular movie news. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is the Ty Webb and Al Cervic, to my Judge Snails, JC and Joel. Gentlemen, how's it been? So when I watched that yes. recently, I just finally got the joke that it's really close to Cervix. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that the first couple times I watched it. Uh, this was a Joel pick? Yeah, uh, it was. Was this your first pick? This was. This was my first pick. Your maiden voyage pick. This is, well, this is my first he pick that we shit. are actually doing. Now, it is Wednesday, July 25th, and being it's a Wednesday, the following movies premiered on this day in July of the, the, the 25th of July. We have Caddyshack in 1980. We got Good Burger in 1997. Then we got Runaway Bride in 1999. We got John Tucker Must Die in 2006, Step Brothers in 2008, Lucy in 2014, and the movie Detroit in 2017. Now, of all those movies, I would say that the most impactful and entertaining is Caddyshack. There are, there's a, again, this is another one where there's a million pop culture references that uh, a lot of adults make, and uh, you'll probably start making them too as soon as you see this movie. It is, it is a comedy classic. It is a comedy classic, but is it really worth your time? We're going to find out today. On this show, we will be keeping track of all the movies worth your time in our Movie Planet Preserve. This is a continuation of what we did on a previous podcast called The Movie Playground, where movies are compared to others in their genre. This is a comedy, so it's going to go in the Comedy Movie Planet Preserve, and it is comprised of seven and only seven movies. Now, as of today... We have actually seven movies in there, but because we are doing a, oh no, we got six movies in there. We are doing a reissue of this movie. I don't want to reveal too too closely as to where Caddyshack is going to fall within this, but the other movies in this uh, pantheon are Spaceballs in 1987. We reviewed that one. Dumb and Dumber in 1994. That got a perfect score of an A also. Mean Girls uh, in 2014. That got a perfect score of an A. And if we ever get to a point of releasing all these or re-releasing them, we'll make sure that we put all those in there. Major League was a 1989 one and Ghostbusters in 1984. Both was a, one was a B+, the other one was a B, respectively speaking. So where does Caddyshack fall amongst all of these big hitters? We're going to find out today. So make sure, first and foremost, more than anything else, that this is a spoiler-rich podcast. So if you have not seen 1980s Caddyshack, it is best if you stop right here, watch the movie, and then turn us back on to enjoy our discussion and analysis. But now that we've handled that business, let's get down to business. Welcome to the Bushwood Country Club. 
The membership's exclusive. You think I'd join this crummy snobatorium? The help is outrageous. The madness is contagious. Bad language, fooling around in the course, poor caddying. But this whole place... Caddyshack, starring Chevy Chase as Ty Webb. Who is that disgusting man over there? A sportsman who really knows how to score. So, what brings you to this uh, nape of the woods, neck of the wave? How come you're here? Rodney Dangerfield as Al Servant, a big shot. My dinghy's bigger than your whole boat! With an even bigger mouth. <laughs> hey, somebody step on a duck. <laughs> Ted Knight as Judge Smales, a man of dignity. <laughs> and a sense of fair play. I've sentenced boys younger than you to the gas chamber. Michael O'Keefe as Danny Noonan, a caddy who wants an education and gets one. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. Cindy Morgan as Lacey Underall. She's got a bad reputation, and she's working hard to keep it. You want to tie me up with some of your ties? And Bill Murray as Carl Spackler. Uh, just a harmless squirrel, not a plastic explosive or anything. Nothing to be worried about. He's not crazy about gophers, <laughs> but he is crazy. License to kill gophers by the government of the United Nations. And introducing Mr. Gopher as himself. I said freeze, Gopher! Caddyshack. It's all about swinging. Kiss me, you fool. But not on the course. Hey, you want to make $14 the hard way? Ah! Playing a good game. That's all he got out of that one. And talking a better one. Hey, I should have stayed home and played with myself. Taking shots. That was a bum shot. And making time. We couldn't possibly think less of each other. Controlling your drives. Wow! And losing your grip. <laughs> it is! You! Out! Or the man's a menace. Caddyshack. The comedy with... This week, we are discussing the 1980 classic comedy, Caddyshack, nominated for the Kings of the Playground by Joel. Yes. Oh, Mrs. Crane, I'm looking at you. Direct. Yeah, you monkey woman, you? You're mean, you're lean, and you're not far in between. Directed by Harold Ramis. I believe this is Ramis' first movie direction. Oh, my gosh. Is this I, the first movie where we have all three just quoted it throughout the podcast? Perhaps. <laughs> uh, starring Chevy Chase as Ty Webb, Rodney Dangerfield as Al Zervik, Ted Knight as Judge Smales. I can't not hear Cervix. See, now Joel hears it. I can't Michael, not hear Cervix. <laughs> Michael O'Keefe as Danny Noonan, and Bill Murray as Carl Spackler. A little trivia about our little film here. The movie was made for about $6 million and made 39.8 at the box office. That's it? Like, that feels so low to me. How 1980s dollars. All right, but that still feels Is there like... an inflation calculator? <laughs> there is. You can find one, yeah. The scene that begins when Ty Webb's golf ball crashes into Carl Spackler's ramshackle house was not in the original script. It was added by director Harold Ramis after realizing that two of his biggest stars, Chevy Chase and Bill Murray, who previously did not get along due to a feud dating back to their days on Saturday Night Live, but were at least tolerant and professional towards each other while on set. I still don't think they get along. <laughs> until then, did not appear in a scene together. The three met for lunch and wrote the scene. This is the only film that Chase and Murray have appeared in together. Really? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bill Murray's wow, they must have known I, uh, to be honest I didn't even know they didn't like each other I believe the crux of it was that Chevy Chase was one of the opening founding fathers of SNL and then when they brought Bill Murray in he was the new kid and he was taking some of the shine off of Chevy Chase 
Uh, uh, to be completely honest, when I watch some of the old days, I don't find Chevy Chase funny. He well, is, Bill Murray che- took over for Chevy Chase on Weekend Update. Chevy Chase is funny in this movie. And I know people like National or, or National Lampoons and all that, but outside of those, I don't find him that funny. I think I think he's very Norm Macdonald and dry, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. Go in 1980. What you could buy for 39.8 million has the same buying power as 100 and almost 116 million dollars today. That's still low to me. Not for a comedy. Oh, not for I, I just yeah. For a comedy, that's pretty high. Maybe for how popular it is today, I just feel like that's low. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is before VHS sales too. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh Bill Murray's famous Cinderella story scene was improvised based on two lines of stage direction. Ramis gave him direction to act as a child announcing his own imaginary golf moment with Murray then improvising. The flowers were his idea. Murray was with the production only six days and all of his lines were unscripted. Murray was working on Saturday Night Live at the time. It was not intended to have a large role in the movie. However, he was repeatedly recalled from New York to film additional scenes as production continued. We need more Murray. We need more Murray. I was going to say, that's <laughs> awesome. And I, I've known that for a while, that that everything he did was improvised. Yeah. But I think it just proves how genius he was. Apparently, Bill Murray just told Ramos, I'm going to need a, like a, a gardening tool and four rows of flowers. Of mu- <laughs> yeah. Of mums. Of mums. Yeah, mums. Uh, this <laughs> was- <laughs> it's a no. It's a no. Comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Leave the pack at Augusta. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Cinderella story. This was Ted Knight's final movie. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, but what a way to go out. Judge Smales He's brilliant in this is movie. every line he says is awesome. You. <laughs> you. 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 You baboon. baboon. <laughs> he called me a baboon. He thinks I'm his wife. <laughs> oh, rat fart. <laughs> Double turns. Spalding. Spalding. <laughs> Spalding ball. Okay. <laughs> Oh, this is funny. Gentlemen, what is your history with this movie? JC, you want to lead us off? Joel, Joel you get to anchor these whole, all these. <sighs> oh, I get to say all these? You're, yes. You get, yeah. Yeah. This is your movie. Awesome. So wait, Go. You, you, I... introduce, you introduce the question. Okay. JC, <laughs> what's your history in the movie? Do you remember the first time you saw it? Uh, I actually can't remember the first time I saw it because I want to say I saw clips of it as a kid. Uh, I, I probably saw some of it on TV and everything. But I do remember the first time I saw the movie uncut a DVD of it, and that was college. My roommate loved it. So I got to give a shout out to my old college roommate, Jason. He had the movie. We watched it, and I didn't like it the first time I saw it, if I'm being completely honest. The first time I saw it, I'm like, I, I don't think I got the humor. I don't think I found it funny. Then I moved to Nashville. We, we buy our apartment, and we discover McKay's. Uh, nice business plug there. Uh, we go to McKay's, we buy it all, and my wife, of all people, points out the movie. It was like three bucks or something, real cheap. Uh, and she points it out, and she's like, oh, I've never seen that. We should get that. Would you like to see that? I'm like, yeah, I remember seeing it with Jason, but I, I don't remember liking it that much. And she's like, oh, well, I'd like to see it. I watch it the second time with her. She is laughing. I am laughing. Like, it was, we just laughed. And so I don't know what it was about that first time watching it. I must not have gotten it. But every time I have seen it since, it just gets funnier. It, it's it's what Joe wanted Ghostbusters to be for me. I didn't find Ghostbusters funny. And I still kind of like, eh, okay. But 
every time I see Caddyshack, I laugh harder and longer. Like it just is funnier and funnier. So yeah, that's my history with it. Go. Oh. Uh, the first time I saw this movie was at this resort that my parents used to vacation at in Elk Rapids, Michigan, called White Birch Lodge. Uh, my family would travel there every summer with five or six families uh, we were really close with, and we'd spend the week there. I liked hanging out with the older kids because I thought it'd be cool if I hung out with the older kids. And the week that I saw this was the same week I saw Police Academy for the first time. And That's a good movie. Well, at least I saw Caddyshack. It was the first adult comedy I'd ever seen. It was the first one, and oh my lord, beautiful. I loved it. I was laughing hysterically with all the older kids. I didn't understand half the jokes, but because it was communal, you laugh when people laugh. Yeah. And as you get older, you start to get some of the jokes, and you get more of the jokes, and more of the jokes, and then you, re- then you get to a point where you're like, hold on a second, that's not really funny. I mean, that's just a bad pun. Lacey underalls? Come on. That was a cheap laugh. <laughs> but it still made you laugh. Still made me giggle, though. <laughs> this is my niece, uh, Lacey Underalls. <laughs> there's still things in this movie that I catch new each time I watch it. Like, when I was watching it yesterday, there's a character that doesn't have any lines, but he's always with Al. Bald guy, always looks just drunk out of yeah. his mind. But he's in every scene, almost every scene with Al. And he just stares at the woman he's with the entire time. He, like, just wobbles back and forth. Looks people up and down. He serves no purpose, no purpose to the movie at all, but he's in these scenes, and I never noticed him and how often he pops up until yesterday. That's awesome. Uh, Joel, how about you? All right, so this honestly may have been the first adult comedy I'd ever seen. Oh. I remember, because this is one of my dad's favorite movies, and so I knew that he liked it, and I, so I think I bought it for him for Father's Day or something. Okay. And I think it was when I was younger, and I asked if I could watch it. I was like, I know it's rated R. He said... And they were like, uh, I mean, 80s R is different than now R. Yes. And that's what they told me. They said, I don't remember there being anything bad in it. And I, I, I mean, I remember where I was, my mom and dad talking. And I'm saying, do you remember anything bad in Caddyshack? And they're like, I don't remember any. I don't remember anything. I guess they've forgotten the sex scene. But, I mean, again, which it's you like don't, the multiple sex scenes. Which you don't really well, need. No, you don't. You don't need it you at all. You could cut it out. Honestly, yeah. every time I watch it now, now you need I know it. that it comes right after the boat sinking and you can press next the moment smale starts crying it skips over and picks up right next to the story or you can just watch cindy morgan and all her finest you can the only thing you miss though is judge smales chasing danny through the house (laughs) Uh, and hiding in the bathroom and then yeah can you loofah my stretch marks (laughs) well again i've seen this movie so many times i don't like that that scene can be totally cut out for me um so i remember watching it Thinking that it was funny, but it kind of being on the same line as JC thinking it wasn't as funny as it had been played up to be. Mm-hmm. And then I started watching a little bit more and I started, and I would talk to my dad about it and I, and he would quote it to me. He'd say small quotes. He would always, his were, he's like, how about a fresca? Or, <laughs> are you my pal, Danny? Um, or he would, he would say like, because that's not creepy as hell. No. Or like, You'll get nothing and like it, and <laughs> stuff like that. But I learned that this was one of those movies that the more you quote, the better it gets. And so and then it just kind of exploded from there. I, I started playing golf a little bit more. And so during the summers, I would go play golf, come home, watch Caddyshack. I lived in a house once with five other guys, which I highly recommend if, yeah. you, if you ever want to test your sanity. Um, I did a fraternity house once. <laughs> we got and we were, and so like the, the gist of it was, 
we had a friend that started dating this girl, and we were, like, all a part of this ministry. He was like, he was like, oh, you know, keep each other accountable. And we were joking with him, like, hey, we're not going to bed until you get back tonight. Like, <laughs> we're not going to sleep until you get home. And he was a total douche about it. He's apologized. <laughs> but just joking. And knowing that we had 8.15 classes the next morning, he would wait until 1, 2, 3 in the morning till he got back. So prick. it got old pretty quick. Um, Your uncle molests college. <laughs> But we had this. <laughs> we had a TV, a small t- uh, TV in the kitchen that had a DVD player on the side, and so we would put in Caddyshack. Me and two of my other roommates, we would sit there every night, and we would just watch Caddyshack. We we're like, I want to watch Caddyshack since he's not home. <laughs> and we would just sit there and watch it. And the moment we saw his headlights come up, we would turn it off and go to bed. And it wasn't all the time. He's a good friend. It's just funny to bust on him, and he knows that. But. You know you're loved, guy. Don't take it so personally. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, this is always the movie. It goes with you everywhere. Anytime you're on a trip and you need a movie, Caddyshack's always with me. Caddyshack's always with me. I watch it. It's one of my, when I was in college, my either final exam movies or lesson planning movies. When I had to put together these big things, it was between The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, because those you can mindlessly have on in the background, or Caddyshack, because I'd seen it so many times. But this is one of my favorite movies it was the first real movie I like had a connection with my dad on that we could like quote back and forth and joke around. And I quote this movie religiously every time I play golf, if not just in real life. In class, a student asks if they can go to the bathroom. I'll say, you'll get nothing and like it. <laughs> and they'll have no idea what I'm talking about. But it makes me laugh. Um, but on to the synopsis of the movie. Yeah. Well, I have a challenge for you at the end. Yeah. So just FYI that I have a challenge for you once we once we get to the end of discussion. So are you reminding him to remind you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. I guess I'm reading this. You want me to read it? Sure. Okay. Or should he read it since it's his movie? I, well, I think he needs to read it. because Joel, it is your movie. I will read this. By all means, give it the gravitas it deserves. Newton is an underachieving <laughs> 17-year-old guy who works as a caddy at an upscale Bushwood country club in Beverly Hills to earn enough money to go to college. Danny often caddies for Ty Webb, played by Chevy Chase, a suave and talented golfer and the son of one of Bushwood's co-founders. Danny decides to gain favor with Judge... What is his first name? Judge, I just know Judge Smales. Yes. Elihu. Elihu. Elihu, the country club's <laughs> co-founder and director of the Caddy Scholarship Program by caddying for him. Brown noser. <laughs> Brown noser. He can just get into the entire set. Exactly. <laughs> I'm okay with this. We, we'll just, we're just going to let him turn him loose. <laughs> Meanwhile, Carl Spackler, one of the dim-witted greenskeepers, is entrusted with combating a potentially disastrous gopher infestation, not to be confused with a golfer infestation. <laughs> Throughout the film, he if, tries if a I, variety I, of methods to if, kill the gophers. If I, if I kill all the gophers, they'll, they'll lock me up with a key. Oh, we can do that. We don't even need a reason. <laughs> All right, so let's do the same thing with the gophers. <laughs> Damn your eyes. I was unavoidably detained. So he's, this entire film, he's trying to kill his gopher without success. Maybe. I don't know. Al Cervic, played by Roddy Dangerfield, owner of... Go, Cer- go. You know what? Start calling it Cervic. We might Cervic. quell some of the laughter. Al Cervic. <laughs> construction. I'll put an indiction on them. It'll make their heads spin. Stop being such a pussy. <laughs> so... What it comes in later. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta hate it when you come in it later. 
Um, they, they believe that the gophers... I are, thought we were going to skip that scene. The gophers are tunneling in package. from servant construction. And so Judge Smales gets upset, says he needs to... They're tunneling in. Gets his uh, Scottish... to turn him down? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Gets Sandy to get his... He's like, oh, I'll put my best man on it. That's when Bill Murray comes in. And so he says, servant construction, whatever. And so that's when servant comes in. You don't know that he's the owner of the construction company. You have to put those two together. Ronnie Dangerfield, a brass and obnoxious rich real estate developer, begins appearing at the club with his wang. <laughs> and this is my guest, Mr. Wang. No offense. And so. Don't tell him you're Jewish. Take two of those. Give me a box of those. I'll take six of those. And give me some of those naked lady tees. Oh, this is the worst looking hat I ever saw. Get a hat like this, you should come with a free bowl of soup. And then the greatest eye roll ever. Yeah. Ah, but it looks good on you. <laughs> so. You lost Smales, <laughs> Smales is heckled by Al as he tees off, causing his shot to go badly wrong. 50 bucks, you slice it into the woods. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Damn! Woo! Okay, you can owe me. I owe you nothing. <laughs> it's going real funny after all this enthusiasm when I give it an F. <laughs> I'm just going to go. <laughs> Smale throws a putter away in frustration and accidentally injures a member of the club. Danny takes responsibility for the incident as policy and gains Smale's trust. Smale's <laughs> encourages him to apply for the Caddy Scholarship. At Bushwood's annual 4th of July banquet, Danny and his girlfriend Maggie, who's not necessarily necessary, <gasps> but do mixed. not throw out the Irish woman. This was her final role. Also, was she it? quit acting after this. Oh, her first role was in Animal House. Oh, she was. Yeah, she was the daughter of the dean. Oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't either. The one that stuffed her bra. I didn't know that was her. Mm -hmm. Grocery cart. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Al Cervic continues to <laughs> irritate Smales and the club's members while Danny becomes attracted to Lacey Underall. Shit, Jesus. <laughs> Who is the judge's niece who is in for the summer? Must be better than dreary old Manhattan. Yes, I was really getting fun of I was really getting tired of having fun all the time. Ha ha. Oh, ha ha. <laughs> Doesn't Dr. Beeper ask Dr. fucking Do Beeper? Dr. Beeper. <laughs> Beeper, really? That's it's, his name. Just puntastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. It is fantastic. Do they have to drink every time there is a Caddyshack pun? Or is it just <laughs> no. my puns? I, they didn't have they didn't have time to get enough alcohol for this movie. <laughs> Smale, Smale's promiscuous praise. Wait, what? I don't know. Smale, Smale's promiscuous niece. Danny wins the Caddy Day Golf Tournament and the scholarship, earning praise from Smales and an invitation what? to the christening ceremony from his boat. <gasps> the bung, the boat is the bunk is soaked. The boat is sunk. <laughs> the boat is sunk in the. Uh, at the event, after a collision with Cervic's larger boat, it's like an, this is an <laughs> you scratch my nightmare. anchor. Don't you love a collision with a Cervix? <laughs> On returning, <laughs> Smales discovers Lacey and Danny having coitus in his house. Collisions coitus. with Cervixes? Thank you, thank you, Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> Expecting to be fired or having his scholarship revoked, Danny is surprised when Smales only demands that he keeps the incident secret. Are you my friend, Danny? Good. Now, how about a fresca? How about a fresca? <laughs> Unable to bear the continued presence of the crude-mannered cervix, Smales confronts him 
Now he's saying cervix. <laughs> no, cervix? <laughs> no, I said crude managed cervix smells. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Cervix smells. <laughs> it's, there's a name with an S. There's a know? comma between them. <laughs> Trying to get through this because I, otherwise I will say the whole movie from my point of view, which will take a couple of minutes. Smales confronts him and announces that Cervic will never be granted membership. Cervic counters by announcing that he would never consider buying the snobatorium. And he says this place sucks. That's right, sucks. And he's merely there to evaluate buying Bushwood and develop the land in the condominiums. Buy Bushwood? Oh, and that's when he calls him a baboon. He's like, oh, he calls me a baboon. He thinks I'm his wife. After a brief scuffle and exchange of insults, Ty Webb suggests that they discuss a resolution over drinks. After Smales demands satisfaction. Yo, you demand satisfaction, do you? Ty Webb <laughs> suggests they team up in a golf match with Smales and his regular golfing partner, Dr. Beeper, against Cervic and Webb. Now, he did not necessarily want Ty Webb because we, his Smales and Webb's father, they went to war together, they played golf together. They built a club together. And some people just don't belong. And then Ty Webb says, Let's My father. Oh, you never right. liked I you. forgot about that. I'll see you on I'll see you on Sunday. Against club rules, they also agree to a twenty thousand dollar wager, quickly doubled to forty thousand on the outcome of the match. That evening, Webb practices for the game against Smales and meets Carl, where the two share a bottle of wine and a joint. Cannonball, cannonball coming. A pond. You got, you got a pool over your place, right? <laughs> uh, you got a pool, a pond. A pond be good for you. The golf matches. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what, what do you think? It, it's really awful. Really? <laughs> well, I got a lot of stuff on order, you know, uh, credit trouble. <laughs> <laughs> the golf match is held the following day. Word spreads. Of the stakes involved in a crowd builds. During this time, Smales and Beeper take the lead, while Cervic, to his dismay, is playing the worst game of his life. Should have stayed home and played with myself. He reacts <laughs> to Smales' taunts by impulsively redoubling the wager to 80000 per team. When he owns... When his hey, Judge! Golly. Hey, cheer up! Cheer up, will <laughs> When his own ricocheting ball strikes him... Cervic feigns injury. Oh, oh my oh, arm. It's broken. My arm. It's, it's broken. broken. And he considers a draw. Lou, the course official, Bill Murray's brother. Oh, let's be clear here. The doctor looks at a non-broken arm and goes, hey, it might be, a fracture. Might be a, fracture. It might be a fracture. You may have to forfeit. Off to do my doctor thing. <laughs> Lou, the course official, also Bill Murray's brother, also the boss from Christmas Vacation, acting as umpire. As also a writer. Yes. Saying that all, you know, anything be waived if it comes back to him, tells <laughs> Al that his team will forfeit unless they find a substitute. <laughs> when Webb shoots, when Ch Webb chooses Danny, Smales threatens to revoke his scholarship, but Cervic promises Danny that he will make it worth his while if he wins. Danny eventually decides that he would rather humiliate the selfish, conceited Smales than to take the scholarship. I guess you don't. I guess you don't. <laughs> By the time they reach the final hole, the score is tied. At the climax of the game, Danny's about to attempt the difficult putt to win. Oh, what about the Billy Barule? We're getting... Oh, Billy, 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 Billy. Oh, Billy, Billy, Billy. Oh, Billy, 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 Billy. Because... This is a lot of money, Billy, Billy. Yes. Uh, um, Judge pushes... <laughs> Judge sinks a very impressive putt with a special putter. The Billy Baru, <laughs> which is also a burrito or a nacho I think you can get from Moe's. 
Um, and then as Danny goes into for the winning putt, Al again redoubles the wager to one hundred and sixty thousand per team. Danny's putt leaves the ball hanging over the edge. At that moment, Carl four in his latest attempt to kill the goal <laughs> till the gopher detonates a series of plastic explosives that he has rigged around the course. <laughs> anyway, the explosion shakes the ground and causes the ball to eventually drop in the hole. Bernie! Handing Danny Webb and Cervic the victory. Help the judge. Roscoe! Rocco! <laughs> Moose, help the judge find his checkbook, will ya? And Smales is chased around the course. Cervic leads another wild party, <laughs> attended by all the onlookers by the match shouting, Hey, everyone, we're all going to get laid. <laughs> in the final scene, the gopher emerges unharmed and dances in the smoldering ruins of the golf course. All right. Man, good. That, was, that was a great reading there, Joel. That was a good reading. You put a lot of effort into that one. <laughs> Man, I could have gone for days. I know you could have. <laughs> That's why we apparently. That just... right there was a good compromise between just reading the synopsis and having to interrupt with every quote we can think of. Yeah. So. What did you all think after watching the film? A looper. You know, like Kenny. A looper. A jock. So I tell him I'm a pro jock. And who do you think they give me? The Dalai Lama himself. Twelve son of the Lama. The flowing robes. The grace. Bald. Breaking. So I'm on the first <laughs> tee with the Lama. I give him the driver. He hauls off and whacks one. Big Begin hitter, the, the Lama. lama. <laughs> right <laughs> to the base of this glacier. <laughs> you know what the Lama says to me? What? You know what that means? I love that quote. Hey, Lama, how about a little something, you know, for the effort, you know? And he says, oh, there won't be any money, but when you die on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. So I got that going for me, which is nice. Which is nice. Hey, hey, JC. Lama. <laughs> what did you think after watching the film? <laughs> I had to get that quote. <laughs> um, oh my god! Like we're quoting it. Like I want to go watch it again. <laughs> it's awesome. It's it's a great movie. I'm actually happy we did this because I probably haven't seen this movie in a couple years. Mm-hmm. So I watched it last night to refresh my memory, and watching it last night just sort of made me like, oh, I love this movie. This almost needs to become a movie I watch like once a year or even more than once a year because it is so quotable. The boy will definitely learn this movie. <laughs> it's good. I I love this movie. I mean, after watching it, it was a little more different. A little more different. It was different having to watch it with a podcast, trying to pick stuff out, but I stopped that pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I just put it on in the background, watched it like I always do. I watched this... Very often. So to answer this question, there's nothing new that popped out other than what I've already talked about with different characters I noticed. But I love this movie. It's so good. Um, there, The small things in the back is what I tried to focus on yeah. this time. And I don't know. It's still a great movie. Very quotable. Just an all-around good movie for, that presents different stories. I gave this one a two watch again this week because I try to watch these movies twice. I try to watch one time for me, the next time for the show. And I love it both times. Uh, a lot of the jokes, you know, uh, when I say a lot, I mean like a handful. Okay. A handful of jokes don't work anymore, but most of them still have me laughing at, on my ass 
on my on my couch all by myself, like out loud. And that's just that's the mark of a good co- when you can sit there and you don't need the community around you to laugh. And you just laugh. And you're just laughing hysterically. Like I forgot how good Dangerfield and Smales were in this. Mm-hmm. Like it's timeless. <sighs> you could put that movie at any theater right now, and those two characters are the breakouts. See that surprise? Well, hold. On, I'll let you finish your point. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I I I loved every second of this. I couldn't wait to watch it again. There you go. Um, are we on to? Oh, I thought you were gonna know. Well, something. Joel's leading the discussion. Yeah. So I'll save it because it can go in later. All right. Um, so what worked well for you in this movie? Did you have any favorite parts? My favorite part is the Dalai Lama scene. That's why I had to get that quote in there. <laughs> that is hands down my favorite part. The 12th son of the Lama. Um, Bill Murray is my favorite, which what, every time I find out that he was supposed to be a small part, when I think Caddyshack, I think Bill Murray. I don't think Chevy Chase and all those others. I think Bill Murray. and He is my favorite. But it's also sad when I learned that they had a feud because... The other thing I remember is Ty Webb. Like every usually when I think Chevy Chase, I think, yeah, he's funny, but he's mean funny. In this movie, he's funny, but he's also the smartest one in the room at the, most uh-huh. of the time. Like it's smart funny. Like you listen to him, he's being ridiculous, but if you really listen close, he's also making a point with his humor too. So I love Ty Webb. So the my two favorite parts of the movie are Bill Murray and, and Ty Webb. I love those parts. Gotcha. This. I've got a lot of favorite parts. The funny part is every scene that everyone tells you is the funniest, the people that have like casually seen Caddyshack, I forget about entirely. Mm-hmm. I always forget about the baby Ruth scene. <laughs> every oh, time. Yeah. I, I, I also forget about I forget that about scene. every time, and that's yeah. the one that's the most syn- talked that, about. That synchronized swimming scene right there, that's yeah. when I was like, that's when you could throw out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's the funny thing, that that's what people remember. And that's the first thing I think that introduced me to Caddyshack was... The people think, but like, notice what oh, made gonna... that funny was Bill Murray, right? The throwing a candy bar in the pool and us be like, "Oh, I wonder if it'll look like poop." There's no and big deal. Yeah. <laughs> what worked well for me in this movie are just the small characters. Porterhouse, <laughs> colored boy. <laughs> Why you son of a bitch, colored boy? <laughs> Spalding and Spalding may have my favorite scene in the entire movie. Is it when where... he's in the background? Shit. He's in the background of that whole scene. Spalding. One of the best scenes in the whole movie that no one notices. He's just hacking, taking 12 strokes in 30 yards. Shit. Double shit. Spalding. He is awful at golf. I want a hamburger. No, a cheeseburger. I want a hot dog. You'll get nothing nothing and like it. it. (laughs) But... 50 bucks, the Smales kid picks his nose. <laughs> Spalding is a beautiful character. Yes, he is. And it, there's just tiny, tiny things in this entire thing. I think this place is restricted, Wang, so don't tell him you're Jewish. Okay, fine. <laughs> Wang is one of my favorite characters. Spalding. Everyone is good. Denunzio. Denunzio. The, the, I'm going to enjoy this thoroughly. I hope that means both of us. <laughs> but... The, the small, quotable things, and I think my favorite part is anything that includes Spalding. I almost got head from Amelia Earhart. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, or Joe? Uh, Rodney Dangerfield is a legend. Arguably, in my eyes, the best character who holds up with modern audience sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything Judge Smale says is so overacted, it's hysterical. And uh, Judge Smale's grandson is amazing. And 
Lacey Underalls. Uh, the she, she's like the only girl worth paying attention to in this movie. Can we just say that? Uh, yeah, that's harsh. I think she I like. Maybe. I think we're you like her because she had an Irish accent, I and do, that's the that's, only reason. Okay. Well, all right, maybe. But she still. she's the one that we can pay the most attention to because she connects to three out of the four out of the four. Well, three out of the four. She parts. screws Ty. She screws Danny. Danny, and she's connected to Judge. The only person yep. that she doesn't interact with is Bill Murray. Well, maybe on the side, who knows? But like it, that we're presented. <laughs> True, we don't. But know she's that. she's tiny, connected to every character. Yeah, and that's why that's really the only reason we pay attention to her. But she doesn't really give anything to the movie. No, she's the sex appeal. Right, except that's- for the reason that there's like the connection that you feel that Danny owes something to the judge. Mm-hmm. So you expect Danny to say no because judge forgot about the whole instance. But yeah, it, it's kind of funny when you look at Caddyshack two. They try to do a Rodney Dangerfield with uh, James. Can't remember his name, uh, but and I I like that character. I like that boisterous character on a golf course. I think it's funny, uh, and it's, I think it's why I love Rodney Dangerfield so much because he's everything that you were told not to do on a golf course, and he does it, and he doesn't give up. His dancing is phenomenal. Also. Oh, it's something straight out of Seinfeld. What did not work in this movie for you? You want to go first or me? Oh, I didn't, he's the. I didn't oh yeah, you're was, directing it. Who, who are you asking first? Oh, JC. I did not like Smales, and Dangerfield annoyed me. What? <laughs> so who? <laughs> if you, if the microphone didn't pick that up, Joe had to go to his room to yell so you can go ahead and take a sip. <laughs> now to clarify. I'm not saying they're not funny, and I'm not saying they're not needed in the movie. They are. You just the point is, what do I not like in the movie? Those are the those two characters I don't like as much. I prefer the other ones more. You still need them to work. You're right. Danger Dangerfield's dancing is funny. Smales's facial expressions are funny. But if you're asking me what I don't like out of the movie, those are the two things I like the least. So I'm not saying I hate them. I just like them the least. Oh. <laughs> No, that was political. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of every just amazing ally. <laughs> oh, you must have been something before electricity. Yeah, without Al, you don't get cervix. I'm, again, I'm not saying he's not funny. Or That's Mr. not White. what I'm saying. You just didn't like their part of the movie? Maybe maybe, maybe Smales more than Dangerfield, because Dangerfield... I, like, like his dancing when you just did the little dancing move. Like I wanted to pee myself laughing because that's really funny. It's the dance of the living dead. But but Smales, you must be something before electricity. You want to make fourteen dollars the hard way? <laughs> yeah. You sp- spice things up, and you guys take more lessons. <laughs> so no, I'm not saying he's not funny. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. Of everything, because right. and when I give you my grade, mm-hmm. so clearly I'm not saying I dislike this that much. Yeah. The question is, what are my least favorite parts of the movie? They are my least favorite parts. They're not bad. They're just my personal least favorite parts. Yeah. Yeah. They're still funny. They're still <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. I just prefer I, the other guys. I wasn't a fan of Smells for the longest time, but I've probably seen this movie a hundred times now. I'm not a fan of. I'm not a huge fan of Lacey. She. I mean, she's kind of necessary in the movie, but I don't think she really is. I think she was just kind of a distraction. And I don't think a lot of 80s movies have that kind she's of side that... distraction, the scenes that aren't necessary. And I think Lacey 
provides the scenes that we really don't need in this movie. You could make that argument, except she is the one that proves to Danny that he can't get the scholarship. And the whole point, if they're, if you're trying to not enjoy it for comedy, but like get a moral out of it, it is Danny needs to realize he can do things on his own and he doesn't need other people to give him things in order to do things on his own. And he doesn't get that because if you don't have the scene with Sandy, he goes on happy getting the scholarship. Like there is no drama at the end. So you you actually need something to happen between him and Sandy. Lacey. S- or, yeah, Lacey. What Sandy's like? the uh, greenskeeper. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I could have used a scene with, I could use more Sandy scenes. There's always. Damn your eyes. <laughs> we, we don't, we get an entire uh, franchise with him with Simpsons. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Greenskeeper Willie. Greenskeeper Willie. <laughs> Joe, what worked? What didn't work for you? Noonan and Maggie Noonan and slowed Maggie. the whole f- thing down. Every time they were on the screen, it was like, "Well, I guess Murray and Chase weren't available. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they couldn't get Dangerfield that day. Judge Mails must have been taking a nap. Cheap laughs. Doctor Beeper. Lacey Underalls. <laughs> I, I, f- come on." You're better than this. But then I remember I saw a making of Caddyshack. It was like an hour-long special on A&E where they did a reunion with all the characters and they were ta- doing interviews about what it was like back then and how drugged up they all were on this thing and how drunk they were most of the time. And I'm going to go to direction because there's no rhyme or reason for some of these scenes other than that they are sketches from SNL on a golf course. Yeah. That's it. And I think when I think of Caddyshack, I think of all these amazing moments with no through line. Oh, no, there's no reason to connect them all together, no. Like, who is this movie about? Who's the main character in this movie? Danny. Is it? It starts and ends with Danny. Is it? it Does it? It starts in his house. Starts with the gopher. Ends with the gopher. No, it, yeah, the gopher is the opening thing. Well, the gopher is the only reason that Danny won. Otherwise, he can't putt. If it weren't for the gopher, then Danny wouldn't have it, but... You also don't really have any purpose to the story without Danny trying to get a scholarship. So, and that's the thing. If Danny's the main character, then the other scenes that he's not involved in should lead to his growth. He has no growth in this movie. I think I'm going to disagree. Okay. I'm going to say it starts off, he's in a house with... Well, it looks like fourteen kids. <laughs> what are we that's, running? A, what are we that's, running? That's a restaurant? modest amount. <laughs> yeah. like, Who kids. are you? <laughs> and so that's your nephew. You know he's been overlooked. You know he's been overlooked. You know he's trying to like make his dad proud because his dad only like harps down on him when he spends his money. He's like, ah, it's about four bucks and change. I had a burger and some cokes at the course. How many? Four or five? What are you, a diabetic? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but so you see, he's just like pushing his family away. So what's he doing? He's trying to find that identity or find that happiness in Lacey or his girlfriend. That's not really his girlfriend because they're both having sex with other people. And he's just trying to make money on the golf course. And so he finds this father figure in Ty Webb. And so then you just have to learn about Ty to realize he's just kind of this Buddhist character that doesn't let anything phase him and doesn't cash in his checks. Until he's playing for money, and then he plays horribly because he's playing for money. Right. Well, because he's playing for money for Danny. Yeah. And so the only reason he's playing is, one, to piss off Judge, and then at the end he starts playing terribly because he's trying to win for Danny. Um, Is Danny the same character at the beginning as he is at the end? No. No. Because he finally 
understands that he has people that are willing to take care of him, that everything that he's doing isn't just fly by night. And he can do it on, and he can work on his own. He can try to do right. it on his own. Because he, he finds out the first time you see that he kind of like. But he can't because the gopher helps him win that last hole. Well, we all have help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even when he finds out that the girl is pregnant, that like does this like a switch thing for him too. Yeah, he's like, he okay, steps well, up I'll, on his own. He steps up on his own. And that's where you kind of start seeing that. And then he has to make a decision. Does he want to take the handout from Judge and be. And, the non-moral brown thing. brown the rest of his life. Right. Or does he want to put himself out there, which essentially is like going to college, put like putting yourself out there, being willing to make mistakes, and just trusting the process. And so he finally takes it, knowing, though, that Al will, if he wins, Al will take care of him. But I don't know. I think, again, I've watched this movie enough to where I've had to ask myself, so who is the main character? But there are movies that you don't know the main character for a long time. I watched Superbad when I had a desk job where I was just typing numbers mm-hmm. into a computer, and so all we could do was like listen to books on tape or whatever. And so I would put DVDs in, Caddyshack being one of them, yeah. but Superbad being one of them. And so I would type everything on my computer, and I would listen to movies. And so I listened to Superbad, and for the first time realized that Evan is the main character of the right. whole thing. Right. When you watch it, you get distracted by all these other characters, but in, without, the, without the video you focus on how much of the story is just directed towards Evan. And maybe this is one of those. I've never tried watching Caddyshack without the visuals. But I don't know. Maybe there are some movies that it's just a more subtle main character. But I do think that Danny is the main one. I think the the banner of a great quotable movie is that you can watch it without the visual and it's still funny. Yeah, right. Because true. you hear it and you can, you know instantly you know what, what's what going it is. On. Uh, all right, so there you go. Joel, what didn't work in the movie for you? You're right. Oh, oh I said... Um, you went before you... I don't oh, think... Did? Yeah, Lacey. Sorry, I thought, I thought you were anchoring each one. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay, so audience? <laughs> um, you sk- oh, I skipped that too. <laughs> no, you didn't. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> what didn't work? We've answered that. I know. Who is the audience for this movie? Adults, preferably men. James? I was going to say, I say everybody that is 18 or older, because <laughs> I don't think, I think, I know I saw this younger than 18, but I don't think you get a lot of the jokes, which is probably why I didn't like it. So if you watch this as 18 and older, or maybe 16 and older, we'll do 16 and older. I think this is hilarious. And I don't think you just have to be a guy. Yes, it's 1980s comedy, but it's funny for everybody. Anybody that need anybody that wants to see like staples of certain decades, mm-hmm. you need to see Caddyshack. Casual golfers need to see Caddyshack, and that they already have, and it's probably the reason they do golf casually. But really, just any anybody anybody that wants to see a movie that has made an impact on a certain um, niche of people, Caddyshack is huge because you you can go golfing with anybody. The quotes will come out oh, at yeah. some point. Um, Tiger Woods, this was his favorite movie. And I yep. think this was another reason why I wanted to go back and watch this when I was little. But it, anybody can watch this. You need to be older to appreciate it. But I appreciate it in high school, so I would say start there. Uh, movie report card. Well, Joel, I think we know what you're going to get because you nominated it. I nominated it. So it's going to be an A for you, I bet, right? It's going to be an A for me All because... Right. Quotability is huge with a mo- you know, on a movie for me. You can watch it when you're younger. You can watch it when you're older. And it's a movie that never gets old that I've bought and I watch religiously. I may, 
I'm trying to think if there's a movie that I've seen more than this, and I don't know if there is. Yeah. So it, with my grade card of C would watch it again, B would have it at my house, A being I own it and watch it on purpose, it is an A. All right. JC, it's up to you and I here. We got one A down. JC, what are you going to give it? I am also giving it an A. When, when you think comedy, you there it is hard to think of comedy and films today that did not take something from Caddyshack. Yeah. I don't think anybody flat out copied it, but you can always take nuances back to it. And so it's in the pantheon. It should be it should be up there. Unless I be a dick and throw something at a monkey wrench in the situation. Well, that's up to you. I've given D's in the last two, haven't I? Joe, classic Joe, just giving the D. <laughs> uh, right up, right up, right up, Al Cervix. <laughs> I'm going to give this a strong A. Yeah. Uh, dun, dun, dun. This movie is still damn funny. Golf movies riff off this movie whenever they can. This is the jaws of golf movies. In that every movie about golf is compared to this and pales in comparison. Every single one of them. Happy Gilmore came the closest. Mm -hmm. It came the closest. Uh, It's a great golfing movie, but it picks up a lot of its cues from this movie. The acting is spotty, but I don't watch a comedy for the great acting. I watch it for the laughs. And I watch this movie twice this week because I still think it's so funny. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm giving it an A. It deserves it. There you go. We made it. We did it. It is a king of the playground. It is in the comedy pantheon. Well, that's all I got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next week, we'll be doing our bracket show. This is where we go over the top August openings of all time. You've been voting on them. We're going to go over it like it's March Madness up in here. So please, if you haven't voted yet, Get your votes in as fast as possible. I think there's only a few days left in the voting. If you have any suggestions for movies that you want us to go over, uh, email us at movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to pass the word on to your friends about the show. Subscribe on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, or Spotify, or anything that you can find us on, and help the show get on its feet with a four- or five-star review. The more you review, the more people will hear us, and the more uh, craziness we can go into. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and we'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at MoviePlanetPod and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. Special thanks to Twisterium and Sound J Music for providing our intro music and Kenny Loggins for just being flipping awesome. Thanks for listening to the Movie Planet Podcast and happy movie watching. Bye, Steve. We're out. <laughs>